Okay, we finished up yesterday was a machloket Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmael about the source or potential source of uh, Tosefah Shvi'it. And it was based on the Pasuk Becharish of the Katsur Tishpot that Rabbi Kiva took to be talking about not about uh, actual Shvi'it, because that we already know, rather it has to be Harisha that's entering, that, that is effective for the Shemitah year, and also harvesting that's effective uh, from the Shemitah year. Rabbi Shmuel, on the second line, said, "No, Macharish Rishu Daf Katsir Rishu Diatzakzir Haomer Shehi Mitzvah." That Harish and, uh, and Katsir is not talking about a Shabbat. That's the Shnat Hashmitah. It's talking about actual Shabbat. And I'm not sure if I was clear about that yesterday. I apologize if I wasn't. And what he's saying, therefore, is that normally Harish and Katsir that's prohibited on Shabbat is optional Harish and Katsir. But if you would have Harish or Katsir, that is a mitzvah that would be permitted on Shabbat. And the only one we really have is Katsir HaOmer to harvest the new barley harvest for the purpose of the Korban HaOmer. Okay, so that takes us to the fourth line here on Dabdalat Amun Aleph. So Gemara then says, so again, so the point is that we've now shown, at least according to Rabbi Kiva though, that Tosef Shvi'it is the Oraita and has Psukim. So why are we talking about being Halachal Emotion Misinai, right? That was the whole thought process. So Ella Amar Avnacham Bar Yitzchak, Kikamiri Hilchata Lemishri Yalda, Kray Lemesar Zakena. It says, no, when we have the Gemiri Hilcha, that means when we learn out the Halach HaMosh Misinah, that Mesorah is Lemishra Yalda, to permit the young, right, Yalda, like a Yalda, like the young trees, the saplings, right, Esra Nitiot. But the cry, the Pazak, according to Rabbi Kiva, is to prohibit the Zekinah, to prohibit the older trees, which wouldn't have that. Okay, so that's how, that's how we're working it out. So don't worry, it's okay that we can label it the, that way, it still fits. The Kevin de Hilcha to Lemishra Yalda, so once, though, the Gemara says that the Halacha Mosh Sinai is only coming to permit those young saplings, that don't you know inherently that the older trees are Aser? So why would I need a Pasuk at all once I have that Halacha Mosh Sinai? It's a pretty good logical question. So Allah, rather, let's restate it. Hilchata l'Rabbi Yishmael, cry l'Rabbi Akiva. You know what? We didn't want to have to do this, but I guess we'll have to say it this way. That the Hilchata, the Halachal Mosh Misinai, that's according to Rabbi Ishmael, who learned the Harisha Vikatsir Tishbot as not teaching us anything about Tosef Shvi'it, so he really needs Halachal Mosh Misinai. But the cry, the Pasuk is for Rabbi Akiva. Okay, fine, so that's the discussion. Now, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Gamliel, I'm oh, sorry, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan has a different explanation. He says, Rabbi Gamliel, Beti no, Mida Oraita, Batulahu. He has a totally different explanation of this whole thing. He says that Ram Gabriel and this Beitin, they eliminated, they nullified that Takana of Beishan and Hillel, Mid Oraita. Meaning they use a Torah source for that. Rashi says, Kilomar Ashkahu Samach Min HaTorah, Lahachi Batriokada. They didn't just, you know, on their own, you know, nullify Ahalach Alamosh Misinai, they had scriptural basis. For doing this, that's how Rabbi Yochanan explains how my time. But what's the reasoning? Gamar Shabbat Shabbat mi Shabbat Breshit. They learned that Gzeira Shabbat using the word Shabbat from Shabbat Breshit. What does that mean? Ma lehalan hi asura lefanea ulachara mutarin. Just like in Shabbat Breshit, meaning the seventh day of the week, Shabbos. Right? It itself is prohibited in Malacha, but before and afterwards is permissible. Right? You're only not allowed to do Malacha during the period of time that's actually Shabbat. So Afkan, so to hear in the Shemitah year, he asura lefanel lachara mutarin. Okay, so fundamentally, we're saying you're allowed, you're allowed to, uh, there's no halacha that you have to have tosefet shemitah year, tosefet shemitah in that sense, and therefore, 
um, you don't have this issue at all. You can come along and be mevatel, what was said before, because again, there's at least this, there's, uh, there's a precedent for this that it is not really a requirement to have this extra prohibited time. Just a quick sidebar, right? It's true that on Shabbat, we also have a principle called Tosef at Shabbat, right? That we like to add a little bit before, a little bit afterwards. That's one of the reasons why we light candles 18 minutes before Shabbat starts, right? That's a Tosef at Shabbat. Same thing after Shabbat, we like to end Shabbat, Shabbat a little bit later. But that's not a halacha in the sense that we need to do it or you violate an Isser. Okay, that's not the point. The point is not that you an Isser. It's just, okay, that's a nice mitzvah to do. But when it comes to uh, the Shvit as well, they don't have to have the same thing. So that's what Rabbi Yochan explains. Okay, so Matifla Rabashi. Rabashi has a Kasha. Again, a Matifla is always a logical Kasha, not based on the source. I don't get it. If you're saying it's a halacha lamosh mi sinai that we have to have tosef shviit, what you can have a gzera shava and uproot a halacha lamosh mi sinai? This is like a technical question. Is that really allowed? Is that how the system works? That in the hierarchy of different things, a gzera shava can uproot a halacha lamosh mi sinai? And furthermore, man damar kra at gzera shava akra kra. And according to Rabbi Kiva, you get a pasuk. So what you can bring this gzera shava shabbat shabbat and uproot the pasuk? Either way, it doesn't seem to be so logical. Zereshavas aren't that strong. So, Ella, Amar Ravashi, from Gamil, Obeit Dino, Sabri, like Rabbi Shmuel, to Amar Hilfatok Gemirila. So, no. So, rather, Ravashi says, from Gamil and this Beitin, they themselves held like Rabbi Shmuel. That it's a halacha Moshmi Sinai. But when they learned that Halacha Moshmi Sinai, it was a time-based Halacha Moshmi Sinai, only for the time when the Beit HaMikdash actually was in existence. Just like Nisu Chamayim, which was also part of that, uh, which is also part of that group, right? Esrenetiot, Arava, Nisu Chamayim. So Arava and Nisu Chamayim, those are two things. I don't know why I didn't say Arava here. Those two things also, they were limited to the, to the Beit HaMikdash itself. So, so too, Esr Nitiot, the idea of Tosef Shvi'it, also is limited to the time of the Beit HaMikdash. Beit HaMikdash Kayam. Lo, if there's no Beit HaMikdash, then no. Okay? Which is kind of interesting, because it's become full circle. That was Abayi's point in the whole, the whole introduction to the sugi in this sense, right? That Abayi, basically, his whole distinction was, oh, this is the time when there's a Shviit Mita Araita versus Shviit Not Mita Araita, which is linked, basically, to when the Beit Hamikdash was around or not. So we kind of came back around to the similar answer, although certainly for different reasons. Okay, that concludes our long discussion about Tosef Shviit and all these other side points. Now we're getting back into the issue of watering our fields. The much more exciting issue, of course. But the Mishnah said you can't use rainwater or from the kilon. Now, I sent you guys a quick picture on the chat. A kilon is called a shaduf. And the shaduf is this cool mechanism that they use to get the water out of a well. And if you see that, if you watch the, the little video, so what they're basically doing, I watched a couple videos about a shaduf. And if you watch the video, basically it has this weight on one end and it's a long stick. And then you have uh, this bucket and they can dip it down the bucket into the water. The weight pulls the bucket out of the, uh, out of the well. So you don't have to like, lift it by yourself out of the well. And then you pour the bucket of water into like this trough. And then that will spread the water out and bring it to where you want it to go. So you're not allowed to do these irrigation type things. And the idea here is, as I mentioned, is it's a tirchayeteira. It's a lot of work. And if you watch these videos, you see these guys are like pumping the thing and the bucket and bringing it up. It's a lot of work to get that thing to go. So the Gemara says, Bishlama Meikilon Ika I get it. It works well for the Meikilon. There's a lot of extra work involved in irrigating the field in that sense. Okay, so maybe we don't want you to have to do it. Again, um, 
Yeah, sorry, let's do that. Ella megishamim maitir chayika. But if you have a rainwater, like collected rainwater, like in a cistern, is that such a big deal? So, Rabbi Yilam, Rabbi Yochanan, Gezeira megishamim atu meikilon. Rabbi Yilam quotes Rabbi Yochanan saying, you're right, inherently the megishamim isn't a lot of work. But if we let you do the megishamim, it's so similar in how the kilon uh, works that you probably, you might make a mistake. And if we let you do the make shamim, you come to do the kilon, so you know what, we'd rather you just not do it at all. Just, again, sidebar for a second, for further eon, is again, think about the idea, we talked, we mentioned, there's a machok at Rishonim, is the Isser of Malacha an chol ha-moed, midah oraito, or midah rabbanan. So this statement sounds like it's an Isser de oraita. Because then you can have a gzeira, right, don't do this, lest you do that. Because if you did that, maybe violate an Isser de oraita. If the melacha on Cholomoid itself is only an Isra de Rabbanan, you have to ask the question, why would he have a Gzeira on the Gzeira itself? The whole thing is only a Gzeira. So that's a quick uh, Ian point that we can do for further study, which we don't do in Amaniomi, but sometimes just throw it in there. It's an indication, perhaps, in one way or the other in this Machloka Rishonim. Okay, that's Rabbi Yochanan's point. Rabbi Ashi Amar, he disagrees. Megishamim gufayhu lidei mekilon atu. He says, no, the Megishamim themselves come to Mekilon. What does that mean? Let's look at this uh, Rashi over here. Uh, one second. Da, 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 da. Um, uh, yeah, one second. I'm going to skip that for a second, I think, actually. If I read you one thing here. Da, 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 da. One sec, sorry. Yeah, what he's saying is like this, that the, that the rainwater, while the rainwater has filled the cistern, so you're right, it's not a lot of hard work. But if the, if the level of the rainwater drops, then that essentially will be the same as using the kilon. You're going to come to have to do that. So Raj is saying, using the rainwater, it's good. At sometimes using the rainwater would be fine. But sometimes using the rainwater would be bad. So it's not really exera exactly. It's just that it itself is really sort of quite similar, at least at some time. So it's more inherently that way. Okay, the Gemara said to come if they give the Rabbi Zeira, and they really argue about this point that Rabbi Zeira makes. To Amar Rabbi Zeira, Amar Rabbi Bar Yirmiya, Amar Shmuel. Rabbi Zeira quotes Rabbi Bar Yirmiya in the name of Shmuel. Neharot Hamoshchim Mayim Min Agamim. If you have these uh, rivers that draw water from Agam Agamim from these ponds, Mutar LaHashkot Mehem BeCholosh Hamoed. You're allowed to water fields on Chol Hamoed. Okay, presumably because the water's flowing, everything's available, it's not, such, it's not, not a lot of work to do it. Mar itle de Rabbi one of them holds like Rabbi Zeira, umar letle de Rabbi and the other one doesn't hold like Rabbi What do we mean by that? If you look uh, higher up in the Rashi here, Naruto Moshlim, Hashta Mashwale me Agamim Abide de Paske. The question is, do these mage Agamim sort of like run out of water? So it sounds like. Um, Rabbi Zera is saying that uh, you're allowed to use these things. That sounds much more like Rabbi Yochanan, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because you're, you're not really worried that it's going to run out of the... Uh, it's not going to run out. Uh, one second. Oh, I got that wrong. One second. Sorry, I'm just looking at the Safari for some help. I prepared this yesterday. I forgot. Um, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Right, the point is that Rabbi Zeir, right, as long as the flow is steady, so he has no problem with it 
at all. And that's what Rabbi Yochanan seems to be saying as well. Per se, there's no problem with using the rainwater. It's just, okay, maybe like, you'll compare it to make uh, uh, loan, fine. But, uh, but um, Rabashi says, no, inherently there's a problem, even though it's a flow that's steady now, it might not be steady forever, and therefore it's more problematic. Okay. Gufa. Let's go back to this statement itself. Okay, so you got this flowing uh, river or, or uh, um, stream from these ponds. You're allowed to use them to water fields on Cholomoy. Rabbi Yirmiya asks a kasha on Rabbi Zera. It says, in our Mishnah, Okay? Um, that it's not true when it comes to make uh, make You're not allowed to use them, okay? So that's again. This is this is a little bit of a tricky subject. Just for in a second, because we were discussing make and make shamim in our Mishnah, and as a result, we quoted Rabbi Zeira like in the explanation of why this would be okay. We quoted Rabbi Zeira's opinion and said there's a machlok, the machlok in our Mishnah, a machlok that had on just in our Mishnah is based on Rabbi Zeira. And then you see Rabbi Zera's statement, and we're using the Mishnah to ask a kasha on Rabbi Zera. So it's sort of like inverted the way we're doing it. Okay, so that's sort of what's happening here in the, in the Gemara. So we're asking Rabbi Zera, the fact that it says, no make shamim, no make kilon, so then doesn't that indicate that you shouldn't really be allowed to use the, um, the what's it called, the, uh, the streams either, that come from the Yagamim. So Amalei, Yirmiya Bari, my son Yirmiya. Damu. So he says, no, there's nothing to worry about here. Why? Because these agamim that are in Bavel, these Babylonian ponds, they're like water that never stops. It's like it's always full of water. So we never have an issue. The make shamim make kilon, you want to bring up the issue that maybe it's going to run out of water and be a lot of work? Fine, that could be true in our mission, that's true. But in Bavel, these things, these type, this setup here never runs out of water, it's never going to be a problem. Okay, but we're seeing again with all the details, just important to step out every once in a while, with all the details, what we see is that the key question is, is there a lot of uh, effort involved or not too much effort involved? So when you have like modern day questions, so most of us aren't dealing with, are we fetching water from the well? That's not the shilas that we're dealing with practically with Cholomoin. But you have to ask the question, are you doing work that involves Tircha Yeteira, like a lot of extra work? And sometimes it's a little bit of a judgment call, right? But you see, that's really the, that's really the focus of these questions. Okay, Tanu Rabbanim, let's say we, uh, we learned in the Brayta. Hapsikot um, v'ha'brechot sh'nit malu mayim erev yom tov. So we have psikot and brechot. Rashi says both of these are like different types of pools of water, which fill up on water on erev yom tov. Asur l'hashkot mayhen v'cholosh ha'moed. And you're not allowed to use them to water on cholamoed. Bim haitam atamayim over b'nehem. But if you had like a little channel of water between the two of them, then mutar, you would be allowed. Again, because then the flow of water is very readily available. Amar Rapapa, Rapapa said, Behu shotem amatamayim. He says, that's as long as most of that field is, uh, I don't know what's the right word, is, like to, that, uh, is, uh, is provided with water from that amatamayim. Again, because then you're not really doing all the work. Right? There's not a lot of extra effort involved. Rabashi Amar, no. Um, even if you don't have most of the field being drinking from that, uh, from that channel. Why? Since it's sort of like being drawn and it comes along, says maybe look, it's not going to be uh, so available one day, but it will for two or three. What does that mean? Look at the uh, Rashi here. <laughs> he says. 
Look at the two Rashi's there. See, this is my, uh, my cursor. The key point is the last three words. The concern is, if it's not providing one of the most of the thing, it might stop, and then you're going to have to do all this work. So he says, no. Like, what, so, he, so he answers, who is it, Ravashi? He said, no, as long as, even if one day it's a problem, two or three days not. You're not going to, meaning the question is, um, are you going to sort of, if it sort of starts to run out of water, are you going to go fetch water from somewhere else? And if you do that, that's going to be a lot of work. And he's saying, no, it doesn't really seem to be that you're really going to do that because, okay, so it will be replenished, whatever, it's going to be fine, and you're going to be naturally um, using that same amount of time, and therefore it's not going to be a violation of uh, of uh, extra tircha. Okay, so again, that's what you sort of see, like this sort of like a subtle machloket about how do we think people are actually going to behave around it. Tana Rabbana, new brayta. Brechash no tefed mayim yisadeh betashlachin. Zo. So if you have a pool that's dripping water into a drier field, right, the field that needs uh, irrigation, mutar lahashkot imena sadeh betashlachin acheret. You're allowed to use that same pool to um, draw water to another betashlachin. Mar says, what do you mean by to Pascha? But sometimes it might stop. The dripping might stop. So if you have that dripping, it's providing this water. But if it might stop, then you're going to have a problem. Rabbi Yirmiyah says that only works if it's still dripping. As long as the dripping water comes from that pool, it's dripping into the, into the field, so that's enough to guarantee that we're not going to be uh, doing too much work. So Amar Abaye, Abaye says, But that's as long as the original... Um, uh, spring that's in the first and that's providing water for that uh, for that field basically as long as it hasn't stopped up if that spring has stopped up then it doesn't matter if it's still dripping you're still gonna you know we're worried that you're gonna be drawing water from somewhere else that's not gonna be good okay similarly let's say you have two garden beds one sort of like above the other kind of a terrace or something like that um, you should not draw water. Yadla is like using a dli, using a pail. You shouldn't get uh, using a pail from the bottom one and then uh, bring it up and to, to provide water for the top one. Although even more so, even if you have one garden bed, let's say there's like a little slope or something. Okay? Even so, you shouldn't take the dli, the pail, and bring it to a higher place. Again, that's too much work. We don't want you doing that. Okay. So on that, on a similar topic with similar language, it says, Tana Rabbanan, we learned in the Brayta, Madlin liyurakot kedei lo'ochlan. You're allowed to be madle, and madle sounds like you can like bring water for vegetables. I guess like sprinkling them with water would be good for them, but only if the goal is to eat them on cholamoid. Being yapotan, but if the goal is to like improve them, like improve their growth, then asur, you're not allowed to do it. Okay, so now it tells a little story. Ravina Rabbi Tosfa were walking along the way. They saw a certain gentleman who was using a pail to um, water something on Cholomoid. So it seems like uh, not such a great thing. So Amrle Rabbi Tosfa the Ravina. So Rabbi Tosfa said to Ravina, Leite Mar Lishamte. The master should go ahead and put this guy in Cherem. Right? He is should be in uh, excommunication. He is violating the laws of Cholomoid. Amrlay, he says, what do you mean? We have Tanya, but didn't we learn in the Brayta? Midalin ladiarakot kedei lo'oflan? You're allowed to draw water for vegetables in order to eat them. Maybe that's what this guy was doing, so maybe it was legitimate. 
But you think, what does it mean to be madalin? Uh, it means with water? My madalin, what it means is, uh, whatever that, that means is, let's turn to the next page, is shalufe. It's shalufe. Shalufe means uprooting the vegetables. Somebody who is meida, um, like trimming away some of the vines, so just as you're doing it for your own, you can do it for the anim's part too. This is talking about certain gifts to the anim in the, in the, in the field. Sorry, we just go two more lines, okay, guys? Divri Rabbi, that's Rabbi's opinion. Rabbi Meir, Omer, Bishalo, Rashai, Bino, Rashai, Bishalanim. He says, no, you can do it your own, but not somebody else's. The point is that the word Meidal, Meidal there means like trimming or like improving the vegetables or plucking the vegetables. He took it to mean that you're allowed to pluck the vegetables on Cholamoid in order to eat them, but not to water the vegetables. So he said back, but our brightest said you can be medale mayim. The word mayim is used there for your akod. That doesn't mean to pick the vegetables. It means to provide water for them. Amarlei said back to him, Itanya Tanya. You're right. You know, if that brightest actually said the word mayim, I guess that is what the brightest said. And I guess I'm mistaken. And you're right. It was a good move that you didn't uh, send this guy into Cherem because after all, he probably was doing the right thing and just watering some vegetables. Okay, guys. We'll see you later. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.